Hey, it's John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and it's The Entrepreneurial You, the show for dedicated and passionate Caribbean entrepreneurs seeking daily inspiration, brought to you by author, speaker, and award-winning entrepreneur, Henneke Wakis-Porter. You must be prepared to ignite. All right. Hello, 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 everyone. It is indeed the Entrepreneurial You podcast, and I am your host, Henneke Wakis-Porter. Now, it's it's interesting because last week we had a very interesting episode where we were talking with Jared Best Mitchell. He's a successful sales practitioner in the B2B and B2C uh, sales era for companies such as Microsoft, um, Samsung, Digicel, and a host of other companies. Now, this week we are talking with someone who has embraced the philosophy of Kaizen, right? That principle of excellent that relentless pursuit of excellence that's what he's all about but before we get into that conversation and introduce him and all of that jazz let's take a moment to hear from our valued partners at the jamaica stock exchange we needed to raise capital but our experience with local financial institutions was that they were cautious and slow to act and interest rates were far too high We had real concerns about financing our business through outside equity investors and the possibility of interference. Could we get a fair valuation for our business? We had our own ideas about the business and its value. Should I go the traditional route of bank financing or should I try the Jamaica Stock Exchange? So we made a call and experienced transformation of our business through conversations. I'm John Mafood, CEO of Jamaican Teas, and we're listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. Give us a call today at 876-967-3271 to begin your transformation through conversation. We want to see your company listed on the Jamaica Stock Exchange. My guest today is the visionary force behind the digital global group of companies, his influence extends beyond boardrooms and corporate landscapes. He's a thought leader and sought-after consultant, leveraging his profound expertise in communications, business dynamics, digital transformation, and leadership strategies. His insights have resonated with audiences across the globe. Having delivered captivating presentations on these subjects across four continents, totaling an impressive 200-plus engagements. Wow. His journey has earned him prominent features in publications such as Forbes, the Jamaica Glino, the Jamaica Observer, and Luke Kirbyon. He holds membership in several organizations, including Forbes Business Council, a distinguished platform for top-tier entrepreneurs and executives. Let's make welcome... Kemal Brown. Welcome back, Kemal, to the Entrepreneurial Youth Podcast. Happy to be here, Nicole. Thanks for having me once again. Awesome. I remember when we just started, like, I think you were episode two or three or somewhere around that number. I was one of the Genesis people. You know? Yeah, right? And here we are, 300 and odd, 330 odd episodes later. Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership, digital transformation, and global dynamics um, with, of course, Kemal Brown. But before we get into the meat of the matter, as we say, so 
if you could kind of capture, you know, the essence of your leadership philosophy into one piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs and executives, what would that be? Um, my leadership philosophy. I mean, leadership is such a diverse and duplicitous um, concept. But if I was to distill um, the thing that has made me, I think, an effective leader is to keep my word and keep my commitments. Um, keep your word. Keep my word and keep my commitments. Don't say anything out your mouth if you're not going to deliver on it. And it mm-hmm. has led to, one, my personal brand being known for that. So I'm the person that delivers. I get it done if I say I'm going to get it done on time, within budget. And um, it means the same to my team, right? So if I say I'm going to do something, I keep my word. So, you know, you build yeah. up a brand of trust. And I think trust is key to all aspects of business. Absolutely. It's all about, as you know, that, that, that triple combo of, you know, um, knowing you, liking you, and trusting you. Indeed. And I think... I think you've established that over the years of your uh, both your leadership and your entrepreneurship journey. So as we're talking about the journey, we're segueing to that. Sure. Just kind of share a bit about how it led you, all of that led you to the formation of Digital Global Group of Companies. What happened? Sure. I mean, it's a long story, but I'll try to be concise just because of time and I was a little tardy today. Um, so essentially, um, digital sprung from... And uh, uh, an observation, at least the, the marketing company was the first out of the group. It's from from an you know observation that things just weren't being done to the to the level that I thought they could be done in terms of you know how we were doing digital advertising in, in the Caribbean. And um, I wanted to one deliver results, which is a big thing, but two kind of change and have a more international feel, international um, look and feel in terms of the aesthetics and in terms of the the varied approaches, right? Just kind of both modernizing, but at the same time, um, streamlining how digital was done. And um, that's where DGM was birthed. As you know, I started the company with about 300 US dollars at the time, 45,000 um, Jamaican. Um, since then, we've generated um, probably around somewhere around like 550 million, 600 million, somewhere around there in terms of revenue. Clearly, mm-hmm. um, well, that was a big jump off. Um, it really began, you know, with me as a speaker. I'm a speaker, as you know, international speaker. And um, the more I spoke, the more I became confident in my digital skills and honed and trained my skills. And the more I studied and, you know, just kind of filled my, my head with the knowledge necessary to be able to deploy at a certain level. And then, so the marketing company was there. DGM is still there. DGM is um, about 30 persons strong now. Um, and congrats. Let me pause to say congratulations right there. Oh, many times, many times. It's been a journey, right? But it's, it's just the beginning of the journey, to be honest. It took a long time because we bootstrapped it, right? We bootstrapped it. But um, yeah, so we're doing our thing on that side. But then in 2018, so digital started in 2016. In 2018, I was at a friend's um, games night and they were playing Robert Kiyosaki's Cashflow. And um, it just made sense to me. The game just made sense to me. And a large part of the game was real estate. So I said to myself, you know, at this time I was big in equities. Um, you know, as a young person, they say at the time I was like 20. What was that? 26, somewhere around it, 26. And um, they said you should always have a proportion. Your, your age should be proportional to your investment um, um, habits or style. So if you're 26, you should have, what is it, 74% of your assets in stocks. Um, and the rest you can do whatever, right? You use your age. You divide your age by 100 and you use that as a percentage. The matrices to kind of decide how you invest. But at the time, yeah, I was following that. So I was having equities, you know, having savings, had a few bonds. Um, but I said to myself, wow, this real estate thing, this thing makes sense. I mean, all you got to do is cover the cash flow. Just have a little cash flow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so I bought my first property in, um, in 2018. 
And um, subsequent to that, I started reading. One thing with me, I'm a maximizer, right? So I, I try to understand everything I'm doing intimately and deeply. And so I studied, I realized that, okay, real estate is how most millionaires are made in the world. And I kind of just kind of doubled down and I bought a property or two properties every year since then. Uh, currently, we have a portfolio that is international. We have about 20 doors. And uh, we have property in Brazil, Panama, and Jamaica. So the property company started in 2018 when I realized, oh, I shouldn't just buy this, but I should put it in something's name and kind of build an asset base for future use. And that's what I did after that. Um, the venture company, Digital Ventures, came a little bit after that, which is when I realized, you know, I have a real deep interest in PE, private equity, mm-hmm. and I want to see how I can play um, a role as well. Because clearly, if I was able to build one successful company, not only can I build others, but I also have the lessons to see the potential for those that can build and invest in a very strategic way. So my my um, the private equity company, and the, it's kind of a VC slash private equity, Digital Ventures, um, it really does look for founders that have my type of temperament, personality, and you know, go-getting attitude. Um, because I believe once you have the right attitude, you cannot. Only death can stop you. Right? You're gonna win. You're gonna win eventually. Um, once you once you you know pick an industry that is success aligned. And I mean, what I mean by that is clearly um, you know traditional marketing is, is is on the decline. So clearly, you need to be looking more towards digital. So if you're if you're just in that one instance, for example, you're doing construction in Jamaica right now, residential is a bit overloaded, you need to be looking commercial. And so once you're kind of pointed in a direction that makes sense based on historic data and you know current trends, um, you'll be all right. Now, Digital Finance, that company is upcoming. We haven't formally launched it yet, um, but it's our microfinance, uh, microfinance digitally, focused microfinance entity using you know digital kyc and a lot of different technologies to kind of streamline that process and that's a microfinance entity that we're going to get off the ground relatively soon um and of course then there's digital foundation uh, which is the philanthropic arm of the group and under digital global marketing we have two initiatives that we're launching soon called enigma and studio d combined they're called the creative collective and what one is it's a co-working space hyper modern the best in jamaica Everything I do is about excellence. So it's going to be the best one in Jamaica when it launches. And then the product, production studio, side by side. So you can ideate on the left and then go create on the right. And that's the concept for that. So clearly, you know, we have a lot going on. And then the group came about, you know, group is a St. Lucia-based IBC. So it's a holding company. The group came about because I realized, you know, once again, I maximized. I was at the time talking to a lot of accountants and seeking ways to, you know, be tax efficient. And so I realized that, you know, having an international business company was the way forward in terms of just structuring my assets for both, you know, passing on to my kids when I have them. At present, I only have a puppy. She's a, <laughs> she's a dog now, but, you know, planning um, so that when I I, pa- I pass, um, which is the only short investment that I'm going to die, um, it can be passed on in a tax-efficient way, in a way that maximizes my offspring's um, capacity to leverage my assets into growing and you know making more assets. So that's what the group is about. Um, really, it's a holding company, um, and then it, it kind of oversees through shared services the rest of the, the the portfolio companies. So in terms of how how it was uh, how I did all of this, um, really great dedication to learning and just not taking no for an answer, right? When it comes to pursuing goals, uh, you know, finding. So, so the path, the path can change, but the goal must be fixed um, and only expandable. Never pull back on the goal, expand on the goal. Um, once you've you know, set smart goals and, and goals that are smart to you, more important, because it might not seem smart to others, but it's smart to you. So I think that's a mouthful. I hope I answered your question. Listen to me, Kemal. Let me tell you something. I mean, you know, like, let me tell our listeners, I turn my camera off just because I'm trying to save the whole bandwidth thing, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm completely blown away. I mean... 
it's been so so long since I've caught up with you. Like I have no idea that you had all of these things going on. But one thing for sure, though, I mean, I'm completely blown away. Let me just say that, right? Blown away. I mean, uh, of you. And I and I remember at the onset, you know, I was just around in that you know early time when you when you started, or um, a little bit into when you started, and you were already doing great. And now to hear you know, of the journey and what you've accomplished and where you are right now. I'm completely blown away in a very good way, of course. And that's thrown off the track all the questions I wanted to ask and I'm going to wheel and come again and just, you know, dive into what you've said. Um, I don't even know where to start because it's, it's indeed a mouthful. It is indeed commendable. All I can say, I remember seeing um, a newsletter from your company recently and the only thing that came to mind, like, you know, I smell an IPO coming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm going there. I'm going there right now. I know, I know you all, like you all tell me, oh, I can't tell you that. I can't say much. I can't, but I have to put it out there again. I smell an IPO coming. Respond oh. to that. So things, things happen in the sequence that it needs to happen in. And uh-huh. I'll <laughs> <laughs> That's all you're going to give me, Kemma? I mean, things happen in a sequence that need to happen. I mean, logically, you know, as a founder, yeah. and this is something where IPOs are concerned, that I think we're completely flawed in terms of our mindset in the Caribbean, right? So mm-hmm. people look at IPOs as, um, oh, let me get a get rich. Um, the, the, the retail, I mean, retail people. You know, yeah, people the retail, yeah, like we who buy retail, we just kind of want to rinse them. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I, DGM um, we're doing two things. One, I'm exiting halfway as a founder. I tell people this all the time. So meaning mm-hmm. I'm selling half of my shares. Um, and selling and DGM, what would you call it? So essentially, say is 500 million. Mm-hmm. I'll be selling 250 to raise money for DGM's expansion and selling 250 to myself. So that capital comes to me directly because I still own 100% of everything mm-hmm. uh, to fund further expansion. Now, people don't like that. They say, you know, boy, um, it looks like you're taking money onto the firm. No, I'm exiting as a founder that has worked almost mm-hmm. a decade. Um, in the pain and agony of running a business because that's really what yeah. it is. You paid your dues, actually. Oh, yeah, man. I've done it. And I built it organically. We have no debt. Mm-hmm. We have no wow. investors. We have no private equity investors. It's all been great, prudent financial management and just ensuring that, you know, uh, we, we, might, we grow and scale intelligently. I don't mm-hmm. believe in, you know, putting the, the, the cart before the horse. I believe in, you know... Take your time, build, be prudent. Um, I'm, I'm big on delayed gratification because I think it is still a gratification. It's just delayed. And matter of fact, mm-hmm. it's better down the line. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, clearly we plan to exit in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, but if IPO is what's going on, definitely we're going to use that as a launch pad for both DGM and the rest of the group. Because what I'll do is pull out Elon Musk. And if, mm-hmm. I do, if I do raise the 500, I'm taking 250, 100 million going in the finance company, 50 million in ventures. And another, say, 50 in, um, yeah, maybe 10 in the philanthropy. <laughs> and then, and then say, another, um, say, 40, 50 in the property company, maybe to buy some land or something. Because we have two developments, actually, that were, the property company is a development company, too. So we have mm-hmm. a $1.5 billion development that we're about to get approval for. Mm-hmm. Once again, Where's more. that area? Can you say? Where's that? That's in Kingston and St. Andrew. <laughs> oh, thank you, Camel. That, that helps a lot. But yeah, go ahead. And we have a commercial one. You have to leave a little mystique, you know. I know, right? Press release, right? So then we have a commercial one that we're doing um in Kingston and St. Andrew. <laughs> so 
Um, so yeah, lots of plans, lots of things going on. I'm just, I'm just grateful for the journey, and I feel like it's still beginning. To be honest, like I, I still don't feel like I'm on one percent of my potential. Just being honest, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know, I know that you are indeed. Um, you are, you, you are really an, a, a very hard worker. I've seen you. You know, uh, you don't play. You don't play. You're all about global impact, and you've managed to so far touch four of the continents already. And you've been five now. Five now. I just five came. Now. From um, Egypt and Turkey, so I gave oh, a talk. No. Yeah. Oh my Turkey. God! So five, you've touched five yeah. of the continents, and you you are all about global impact, obviously. And it's not just about building in Jamaica, but leveraging. You know, we are always in, inviting um, foreign direct investment into Jamaica, but you are also now looking at outward investing, right? Not necessarily in Jamaica alone. There is a little, there's a little boy. Um, he's probably ten years old right now. And he sees his mom because he's, a, you know, he's from a single parent home. He sees his mom kind of just, you know, working the day's work, cleaning people's home and stuff to make ends meet. Sometimes he doesn't have food to go, you know, to go to bed with. He goes to his bed hungry and he's thinking, this is all that my lot is going to be. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation with that young man for me and and, and encourage him. That's a lot of pressure, Annika. My background is Science. So there's so many socioeconomic and political and psychological factors that would be affecting this young man. Mm. That being said, the only advice, which is going to be very generic, have a positive mental attitude and believe that nothing is impossible. Where mm. you start, where you finish. I was in a quasi um, single parent household for half of my life, you'd call it, but more than half of my life. And my dad was around, but you know, um, supporting in certain ways, but you know, not physically there in terms of. Mm. Uh, um, because he was in Jamaica, we were in the States for that part of my life. But I grew up about 10 with my dad, right? Um, but my, my fundamental thing is this. Where you're planted is not necessarily where you'll stay. There's a lot of factors that would affect that young man. Clearly, education is the way. Education is the way forward. I got my master's on a scholarship. Um, and my ma- you know, funny enough, I didn't want to do my master's degree. I, I wanted to um, just get right into making money, right? And one of my lecturers was like, man, listen, you did well. It's free. And you get a chance to lecture. And it's also important to take advice from people that are in positions that you want to be in. Don't listen to mm-hmm. your mom. She doesn't have the things that you want. It's just facts. Mm-hmm. Um, should end and be- begin and end at love and support. If she does not have the lessons and the competence to give you what you need in terms of t- taking it to the next level. Right. Um, even into simple things like, you know, having a good relationship. If parents have bad relations, you do not listen to them for relationship advice. Only listen to people quality advice in the area that you want. And if they have the life that you want, definitely delve in and, you know, ask advice. So, I mean, in terms of that young man, I would tell him, you know, focus on your education. And education does not only mean school. It means instead of watching, you know, YouTube um, and music videos, watch some things that can actually help you, you know, learn how to earn, learn how to build a small business, learn how to, I mean, I used to sell snacks on campus, right? My, my early things were, um, as you on campus, when I was on 10 to help launch money for my little sisters, I would like sell, um, chips and so on at school. This is back when I was in Miami. And um, yeah, and I, if, so if they were ever short, if my mom was ever short, I was able to help. So the thing is, it might seem small in the beginning, but what you're cultivating are habits. Problem mm-hmm. solved. This is a problem. And even though I'm young, I have some way to kind of help solve it, right? And it only, those skills only build and increase as you grow. And you find that eventually your mindset becomes one of, there are no problems. 
A great, a great piece of advice. Um, and, and, and as you said, it, it's generic, but it starts there. And then you take those actions, those little, those little bit of actions to cultivate the necessary mindset that would be necessary, you know, to expand your capacity over time. Now, um, you've... I think one of the biggest things is, I mean, most of my opportunities when I was down and out came from having the right mental attitude, meaning just being a positive person. If somebody asked me to do something, I did to the best of my ability, whether it is sweeping the floor, writing a paper, whatever. I go hard on just being the best and excellence. Before I found Kaizen, I was living Kaizen. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what Kaizen was, right? But before I found that's why it resonated so much with me because one thing my dad told me is, you know, do something well or don't do it at all. And I've lived mm-hmm. by I do it well or do not do it at all. Right. Right. What does it take to um to do business globally? You have you have been doing business outside of Jamaica. You've been traveling the world, speaking. What kind of a mental attitude it does it take to do business locally? You know, well, this um, nationally rather. Information that I used to say, I still say cognitive. Like it's it's large in my cerebellum. Um, I'm safe when the world sees me. That's what I used to say before I go on stages, like bigger stages than I was used to. I'm safe when the world sees me, right? But I think fundamentally doing business um, internationally is just really having a global mindset. I call the firm Digital Global from the beginning because I was never thinking local, meaning mm-hmm. we set up operations. So we set up our system. So we set up our internal policies. It was always based on global best practices. And so we got a lot of business just by being a cut above the rest. Things like communication, basic things. Responding to emails within two hours. That's a policy within the company. External emails are acknowledged within two hours. And you would have recognized that liaising with, um, that's your machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, yeah. Are, we are clinical. And so basic things like that, people don't think. People think, oh, I'll get to it later. That's not a global attitude. A global attitude is about urgency. Time is money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Carrying yourself in a way that you'll be respected. Having a global brand presence, right? Very simple. I remember when I first started traveling to Colombia, the Colombian government used to fly me there um, to do matchmaking sessions, to do business with the Colombian um, entrepreneurs there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they found me was SEO. My website looked like I had a huge company at the time. I only had like 10 people at the time. Mm-hmm. But it was global. And they say, hey, we'd like to fly to Colombia, and I did, and I bought some services from, from the Colombia. But most, to be honest with you, I mean, it was a, it was a nice vacation, you know. <laughs> but the point <laughs> is, the point of the matter is, I did this conference and these meetings with the, with the locals, and um, have some fun. But at the same time, that brand presence brought off something that I took myself serious. I kept my word, uh, you know, just a lot of things amalgamated. I distilled it in the lessons of keeping your word and keeping your commitments because you can only respect yourself and be confident if you keep your word and people only respect you and be confident in, confident in you if you keep your word towards them. So I think a lot of people don't understand that self-esteem is as internal as it, has, as it is external. Your external activities, for example, if I agreed to do this and you didn't hear from me, that would, one, it would change your perception of me, but also change my perception of me, but people don't see that registering all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't trust me. Right there, stick up in right there, Kamal. I mean, you know, from the very get-go, I have been very, um, I have not been focusing on a lot of local guests and th- and that's for the, the exact same reason. Like mm-hmm. a lot of, I find that a lot of local entrepreneurs will book a time and they will not show up or they will show up. I don't know, but I'm, yeah, I wonder how, how it is that you're able to, to book an interview, you book the time, you don't have it in your calendar, like, how? How come? You know? So I've actually stayed away from doing um, interviews with local guests, um, predominantly because of that reason. 
and that's that's unfortunate. So even as you know, I was I was coming in from um, so I'm now into farming. I just got ten acres, and oh, that's why. Yeah, <laughs> at a meeting this morning out on the farm, and I had Cassia call you and say, "Hey, respectfully, right. give me ten like way before the time." So I just believe in respecting people. Right, you're gonna be able to keep your word if you can't keep your word. Update somebody because I still keep your word. So I don't know. I have respect baked into me. I see some. I mean, I still say good morning when I see people, even though some people, you know, don't answer. They look at your screen. They're like, "Which country you come from?" Right. <laughs> well, I mean, I think fundamentally, and it's unfortunate that you've had that experience. I do know that we do have good young entrepreneurs and good entrepreneurs locally, but I do know that some people don't take themselves serious enough, and people might look at me. You know, even some of my team are like, "This guy's so intense." Like, why is he so serious about this keeping your word thing? And why? It's because it compounds. Like knowledge, like money, it compounds. The more you keep your word, the more confident you're going to be in your word. So when you say you're going to do something, you really start believing that nothing can stop you from doing it. And so I keep my word to be selfish, to be honest with you, but it benefits everyone. Right, right, right. Come on, listen. Um, we're not going to divulge everything because guess what? You're going to be speaking at the Grow Your Wealth Conference coming up on December 1 and 2 um, through the Learn, Grow, Invest Club. So we are going to leave some for that. But I'd want for you to share with our listeners, Kemal, what are some of the things that they can expect to hear from you at that conference for persons who will be signing up? Sure, sure. So, I mean, managing. So my topic is managing your money as an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. essentially, that's what you're going to be hearing, how to manage your money prudently. Clearly, it's coming from my philosophy. I have not taken any VC money. I have not taken on any debt. So it's going to be coming from a, how do you grow your business organically to scale to wherever you want it to? But in the process of that, make the right business decisions. Don't buy the Lambo, right? In the beginning, don't do that. You mean don't, don't buy the bands and all that to show their friends that they've made it? What are you talking don't, about? Don't do that foolishness. That's foolishness. <laughs> uh, yeah, my well... To each their own, right? But I'm speaking from my perspective. So I'm speaking about prudent money management. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I have toys. I have a lot of toys now, but it came from having my assets pay for toys or my assets pay for my liabilities. So there's a process through which you have to delay the gratification and then it becomes way more gratifying towards the end. So yeah, prudent money management, when to invest, when to pay down debt, when to do this, when to do that, when to do that. And that's kind of what we're going to be speaking about. Um, a sequence of how you, if you're starting with, I'd, I'd never like to say nothing because you're always starting with the ingenuity. If you're starting with low financial resources, how do you then take those resources that you do every time you sell or, you know, you close a deal? How do you then allocate that capital to ensure that you have capital for not only tomorrow, but for the next year? And mm-hmm. so that's what I've done in my business. Why, you know, DGM has never had to take on debt. We've grown organically, made cuts when necessary. And COVID came, made some cuts. You know, we have to, you have to do what you do, but what you have to do. But at the same time, fundamentally, you have to ensure that you're prudently managing your business because biz- most businesses fail because they run out of money, right? Yeah. If you build a business by only spending what you earn and not taking on additional, clearly it's tied to the type of business, but if you spend what you earn, it's very hard to run in the red, right? Yeah. All right, my friend, Kemal Brown, I want to thank you. Digital Global Group of Companies, he mm-hmm. is the man the behind it, the engine. Such an inspiration you have been, Kemal. I really, really appreciate your time spending with us today. And I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to hearing you at the conference. They learned at the Grow Your Wealth Conference 2023 happening at the Terranova Hotel, December 1 and 2. All right. So please, Kemal, share with us how we might get in touch with you. You know, you've inspired us. You've um, ignited some flames within us. Now then, how can we get in touch with you further? 
Sure. Um, player leaders LinkedIn. It's Kemal Brown, K-E-M-A-L Brown. Um, and then of course, all my different social media channels on my, on my Twitter, I barely post on Instagram. It's my personal life playing with my dog and stuff. So don't look for business advice there and me listening to music in my car. Um, but of course, you know, email Kemal at Digital Global, Kemal at Digital Global Group. You can just Google me. I'm all over and uh, yeah, you can get in touch. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again for your time. I want to share uh, this, you know, just close out with, with, with some inspiration. So again, thank you, Kemal, for sharing your invaluable insights, your experiences with us today. It has been a pleasure. For me, it's a joy just catching up. I did not know that you've expanded into so many other areas. And that for me is inspiring. I'm kind of looking like, you know, Hanika, what have you been doing? Like, this man has been working. <laughs> no, I know, man, I know. To, to our listeners, we hope that you found this conversation as enlightening as I did. I really did. So don't forget to subscribe for more inspiring, inspiring conversations uh, from our thought leaders from around the globe. You know how we do, you know, we've had our, our Les Browns, our Lisa Nichols, Seth Golding, and so on and so forth on the show. So until next time, I want you to stay curious and keep mastering your future. I'm Henneke Watkins Porter, and I'm signing off. And before I, I go officially, though, encouraging you to visit hennikawatkesporter.com or find me on social media, hennikawatkesporter, of course, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and a little bit of X, Twitter, whatever. <laughs> I still say Twitter. I, I just can't. Yeah. I just X thing, no. Mm -mm. All right. So I want you to affirm with me. The path to success is often paved with a commitment to continuous learning adaptability and the global mindset as i face my challenges i will draw inspiration from today's discussion and forge ahead with confidence in my ability to master the future in my ability to master my future what good <laughs> <laughs>